hey everybody welcome back to the channel i know it has been a little while please forgive me for being absent i had to do some rearranging of some things let me turn this fan off so here's what we are going to get into today let's talk about these real housewives and what's going on with them at the moment so we are two weeks in yay mm -mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Our girls are definitely back in full and at times rare form. So as I usually do, I'm just going to talk about a few things that I have noticed, not necessarily talking about the episode in a play by play. I am not good at that. That is not my ministry. However, we will talk about some of these things that these ladies are doing that I find interesting. So let's start with Sanya. Uh, I want to talk about Sanya because Sanya has three generations of grown folks living in a single family home with their children, with their offspring, two of which have very young offspring. So this can be a complex situation because... Um, Sanya was the star of the family when she was a track star and a lot of times when you have people who are doing things that are significant in that nature things that are making money for the family things that can take care of everyone in the family what happens is you end up employing the family which a lot of times is what is considered the safest course of action when you are in that sort of position. A lot of people do it. Um, a lot of famous people that we know and love who are megastars have their family, their brothers, their sisters, their cousins, an uncle, an aunt, some nieces, their parents around them, working for them and keeping the machine going. So this is what it sounds like what's happening with uh, Sanya Richards-Ross, which is not a bad thing. However, people do get to be in their fifis. So I don't know if Sanya's schedule is as demanding and as hectic as it was when she was actively still competing and preparing for the Olympics. Um, however, she does have businesses and endorsements and this show that she is currently working on. And uh, it just seems a little crowded um, in the in the house. Now, Sonya's not living in a small house. I mean, it's not a shack. It's a nice place. But once again, it just seems a little crowded. Her sister says some things that, um, I mean, I can understand that they are valid points. However, I don't know if they are points that her sister should be making. For example, she mentions, you know, she'll get the kids ready for supper. The kids will sit down and then here comes the dingbat in a bubble asking the kids at six o'clock if they want to go and play outside when her sister is trying to put them on a schedule but their schedule may not be Sanya's schedule and at this time as we understand it you work for Sanya as does your brother she employed him to work for her as well um, because things were not working out in his chosen profession at the time so we have a 
a problem here. We have an impasse. Things run on Sanya's schedule or they do not. And I would say, being fair and impartial, if you do not want to run on Sanya's time, if you do not want this woman to come in and disrupt what you have going on, then perhaps you don't need to be in a position where she's able to do that. If you don't want her waking you up at 11 p.m. to cut her bundles out of her head, then perhaps you should not be the person who she goes to to do that. Because think about it. She's used to being cared for in a certain way. She's used to being catered to. Now, if you do not want to do that anymore, that's fine. However, maybe you need to exit stage left or work out some other kind of arrangement. Um, I mean, it just is what it is, right? You can't be someone's assistant or stylist and then complain when they have odd hours or they work odd hours or they need you to do something right away and it's not your preferred timing. That's not how it works. Now, at the same time, if she is no longer paying you and you're just there because you're family, then yeah, you could say no. Um, but then, yeah, you need to move on so that in your own house, you can lock your door and turn your phone off and she can't just come down the hallway to the bedroom and wake you up. You know, I mean, it's like six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. You can't, you can't have it both ways. Right. Um, and you can't live in my house and call me names. Not ding bad. No, that's insulting. And, um, we, yeah, that's definitely an issue. Um, however, I hope that things do get worked out between them because they are, it's fun. It's nice to watch her and her family interact. Kind of sucks that they're having this problem, but I don't think it's anything that can't be worked out. Um, for the sake of saving the relationship at the very least, at the very, very least. Let's move on to Sheree and Martell. Sheree and Martel have been blowing up the blogs with their relationship that some people speculate is not real for some months now. Sheree has made a sort of kind of appearance on Love and Marriage Huntsville, or she is set to. And Martel, of course, has made his appearances on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Now, I don't know what their relationship is. I don't know if they're truly together or if they're just two people having fun and riding the reality TV wave. I will say though, they act alike. Like when he came over to her home at the beginning of episode one and they sat and they giggled together, they were like girlfriends. You know what I'm saying? Like they have very similar mannerisms. I don't know if anybody else noticed that. Um, now is it me or are we really playing up to this whole Martel is fine as wine thing? I can see why Martel and Sheree do get along. They have a huge lifestyle choice in common. Clearly both of them take a lot of pride in their health and fitness and in looking good. Um, they both spend a lot of hours in the gym working out. I think that's great if you can meet someone that shares that same passion for something that you care about as well. Now, here's the problem. Um, 
neither of them seem to be able to get the things that they want to do off the ground really for real here's what I mean now I'm not one who watches Love and Marriage Huntsville really I mean I know some of the characters and I've seen a couple of episodes but it's not a show that I'm really into I do know that I've heard sorry about that noise um Martel is selling wine I think maybe I don't know how successful that is but I do believe I saw a clip or a scene where he had the reception for the wine or some kind of party celebrating its existence at someone's house or I don't know but um I haven't heard a lot about the wine um I do know that he was married to um, a woman and they were in business together along with some other people. The large group disbanded and now he is kind of not able to work under his wife's contract license, but then he's not working with any of the other guys that they worked with either or some such nonsense. And then we have Sheree. Sheree is the best kept secret and the best illustration of if missed opportunity was a person. I think that back in season four, three, season three or four, I think maybe it was season three of Real Housewives of Atlanta. If she would have capitalized and taken off on that she by Sheree back then, she would be a multimillionaire now. I just think so because Sheree is the she's the embodiment embodiment of what it means to be fit and when you are a woman of a certain age and you work out and you keep yourself up the way that Sheree does that can turn into a cute coin she did have her fashion show last season or season before last who remembers and then there was a lot of controversy surrounding the site because the fashions that were on the runway which were really really nice are not what's being sold right now because there was some problems with the designer and I believe not being paid for his designs if I remember that correctly and uh, here we are. So when you go to the She by Sheree website, what was in the fashion show is not what you see for sale. And then on season t on episode two this season, there was some talk about when you receive what you do order, it's wrinkled because she didn't want to pay extra to have it steamed. I don't know. There's just a lot of not so good commentary and publicity around that she by Sheree and there shouldn't be there's a lot of not so good publicity and things around Martell and this wine keeping it from being as big as it could be and there shouldn't be so they're kind of like two peas in a pod that way right and I'm not saying this to be mean I'm just saying they're like two peas in a pod that way um I don't know if they're in a real relationship or not. Um, I don't, I, I can't tell. 
Do they have chemistry? Well, I don't really know. They're two people who work out and who look good together because they both are good looking people. But I don't know if they're a couple. <laughs> so I guess we'll, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to wait and see. Um, let's move on. We've got candy. Candy girl. So this week is her birthday, I think. And she's doing a celebration. I've been watching some of the posts that are online. And I think that it's wonderful. Happy birthday to you, girl. Um, we are seeing in season, in this season, season 15, we're getting to see some of the power couple problems. Say that 10 times fast. Power couple problems that two successful and creative individuals can have when they're trying to make it work and trying to build an empire. One of the things that definitely gets to be a problem is making time for one another, compromising, and uh, trying to remember that we are friends and we are in this together and not working against one another in any way, maintaining the respect. She mentions to Kenya and Moneta that it just seems as though Todd is trying to make her the problem because he wants her support for his projects. She su he supports her projects and her endeavors and he pulls things together really well. For example, when they were first getting ready to open that first OLG restaurant and Todd went in there with the team, Don Juan, etc. And everything looked a disaster. But by the time everything was finished, the place looked so nice. It was decorated well. The tables were cool. The colors were nice. And Todd was like, baby, I got you. You know, just trust me. You know, it's my vision. I'm make, I'm make it do what it do. And he did. You know? Um, so he's got this project that he's working on. And he wants Candy's support with trying to get the script done well not get the script done but try to get things moving on the project and there was a scheduling conflict for her she made an adjustment for him but then after she made the adjustment the new scheduling time wasn't good for the people who needed to be at the table read you can't have a table read if your actress can't be present so he ended up changing the time for the other people who were at the table read and Candy's feelings were hurt because she felt like you were trying to make me the problem. There are going to be scheduling conflicts, but if I had not changed my schedule, then I would have been the problem. But you don't make other people the problem when they have a scheduling conflict that really keeps things from moving forward. And I can understand how that could be an issue because you want your spouse to be behind you 100% unconditionally, right? But here's where we get into those power couple problems. You have your dreams and your empire that you're trying to build. However, she has her dreams and her empire and her machine that she's trying to build and maintain. So where is the compromise and where do we come together? That's the challenge. Now, I have no doubt Candy and Todd are a praying couple. The couple that prays together stays together. They are both family oriented. They are so cute together. And I think that he is so supportive of her and builds her up in such a way that is invaluable to her. You know, 
being with him and being together and having him in her corner, she is on her way to EGOT status. And I think that's amazing. However, Todd has dreams too. And she's got to remember to try to prioritize him as her husband, not just as her business partner and her you know, go-to guy or her person to bounce bounce things off of. Got to remember that's your husband and you need to prioritize him. And he's got to remember, this is your wife and that is my family. And even though you are my priority, I need to put you on the schedule and we need to be consistent with the schedule. We see a scene where Candy is working hard to have family time. She is feeding the kids dinner and Todd is at the table working yeah that's an issue that a lot of couples have even regular people there are definitely power couple problems but i have faith that candy and todd will be able to work through those things because the love is real and the faith is strong and that's important so we'll see how these things play out moving on um what can i say about this new young lady friend of the show and the confrontation with candy what can i say about that i think that she's trying to create a moment i think that she's trying to make sure that she is remembered as more than a bobblehead and i think that um she was doing a lot Candy made it known during the pillow talk, during that infamous pillow talk hosted by the incomparable Nene Leakes, when she got into it with one of the tallest people in the room, Cynthia Bailey, (laughs) or was it Cynthia's sister Mal? Anyway, what she said was, I am little, I'm short. So when you get in my face and you're doing all these motions and stuff, it puts me on the defensive. And I don't think that the new girl got the memo. I don't think that I would like anybody bobbleheading in my face either. I think that it would make me feel offended as well. You know? Um, But especially if you're a little taller than me, or even if you're towering over me, It would make me feel defensive and aggressive also. So I really think she was doing a lot. Other than that, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this individual because, girl, you just got here. And to be quite honest, Candy asking people who you are because somebody said that y'all knew each other, but you didn't and might be a friend. It's not a big enough reason to cause a scene or try to create a moment. Like it really makes you look... Like, we don't even want to remember your name right now. And I don't. So, let's see what else she gives for the rest of this season. Hopefully, it will be something more than bobblehead action. Because that was... I kept rewinding that back. Like, why is she jiggling like that? Like, that's weird. I ain't never seen that before. Like, I have, but it's typically on the dashboard of someone's car. 
and the head is really really bigger than the body on the bobble which is why it moves we can also take a look and see that candy they are clearly coming for you this season um, with Marlo making sure that she is able to pay attention and catch a front row seat to what she would like to term your boxing match or your undoing um, people just want to see you get riled up I suppose I guess we'll have to see who brings more of the action coming from this group the last thing that I wanted to touch on was this confrontation between Kenya and Martel so if you didn't get to watch at the party Kenya did take the time to let Sheree know okay Martel slid up in my DMs at one point um, and I don't want you to hear it from anywhere else it was no big deal but I just wanted to let you know and her response was which I like her response was let me see it which I agree that is the response you know he slid up in your DMs some time ago let's see what he had to say in your DMs cuz I'm curious Sheree seems to have no problem with her confidence or the idea that, listen, if he wants to play around uh, in the mud instead of coming into the mansion that is Chateau Sheree, then that's his choice. I believe she made the analogy or comparison that this is a Bentley or uh, something. And if he wants to play around with the Toyota, that's his decision. Okay, girl. I mean, you know, we with you. We with you. Excuse the background noise. Uh, I've got a house full of some little people playing. Anyway, things turn a little bit ugly. And um, Martel and Kenya kind of get into a confrontation. And some things are said that are, you know, said in the heat of the moment. And the first episode ends with this. The second episode begins with it. So rather than get into specifically what we what was said, um, I will ask the question. Is it OK for a grown man to get into an argument or a confrontation with a woman? There's a few things that are happening here. First of all, Kenya is letting something be known to her friend um, and Martel is taking offense and getting annoyed with the fact that this ain't even what you're trying to make it out to be. And at one point he says, you know, I don't care if I tried to F you two years ago. <laughs> like implying that you don't need to be bringing that up right now. Um, it's inconsequential. It doesn't matter. I'm not messaging you now. Get over it. Go find something else to do with your life. Okay. However, did we take it too far, Martel? I'm just asking uh, because I don't think that there is a reason for a man to be in a confrontation like this with a woman for any reason. It's just not a good look. Um, there were a few dynamics here that I noticed that I wanted to comment on. Now, Kenya has this thing that she does where she will call out a man for aggressive behavior right she did it back in season 10 which was accurate because the young man who had been invited to accompany them back to the house they were staying in I believe they were in Miami for that episode I believe it was Miami 
He was actually saying things that were wildly inappropriate, making references to women as little bitches and things like that. Sheree was sitting next to him and kind of letting it go. She was one of the women next to him. I believe Phaedra might have been on the other side of him. I don't recall. He went over to Candy um, when they got back to the house. Candy was pregnant at the time and he was a little bit aggressive with her in his delivery and what he was saying. Now, in that case, and with that young man whose name I do not remember, aggressive was accurate. She again used that term aggressive with describing a man with regard to Ross when he was defending his wife in Jamaica. If you'll recall last season, Sanya had invited the girls down to Jamaica. She had some work that she was doing and there was a confrontation at the table at dinner because rather than wait and be late to her paid job filming a commercial for an app, uh, Kenya and a few other people were um, chastising Sanya for not waiting for them, checking on them, making sure that they would be able to accompany her. Now, things got a little bit heated and then Ross stood up and said, hold on, stop, you know, don't F with my wife. Now, the next day, Kenya was calling Ross aggressive. I don't think that that was accurate in that moment to call him aggressive because he wasn't attacking anyone. What he was doing was being firm and letting you know, you ain't gonna mess with my wife. We ain't here for that. She was here for work. She invited you guys here as a courtesy. She's not your babysitter. Now we come to this episode with Martel. Was Martel being aggressive? Uh, not sure. If I would say he was being aggressive, I would say he was being defensive for sure because he was annoyed that she was bringing these things up and he wasn't trying to hit that mess and he didn't have time to be dealing with her. He's trying to have a good time and girl, get on something else because don't nobody want you. You know what I mean? Now, were some things that he said inappropriate? Sure, sure. But I don't know if I would use the term aggressive. I've heard other people who have reviewed this second episode say that whenever a man says something that doesn't align with or that Kenya feels like she doesn't agree with, she calls that man aggressive. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I remember the three instances where she did use that term aggressive, but only one of them, I think, was accurate. I feel like maybe Martel was defensive. I think that she threw something out there. I think that he bit the bait and rose to the occasion. Perhaps maybe it would have been a better look if he didn't do that with her. But as far as him being aggressive, I don't know if I agree that that's the proper term to use. The difference being an aggressor is someone that is trying to be on the offensive, in my opinion, I could be wrong. Someone who is being defensive is someone who is trying to get you off of them, trying to get you off of them because you're bothering me and I need you to get off of me and I don't care what you're talking about. Now, granted, if we look these words up in the dictionary, um, 
you know, I'm speaking in terms of context and not in terms of straight definition. Um, there are those who probably would disagree. I never like to see anyone provoked to an argument, especially not a man provoked to an argument with a woman. Like, mm, that kind of sucks. Am I on Martel's side? No. Am I on Kenya's side? Well, not really because I don't feel like he was being aggressive. I feel as though he was provoked. And I don't think that you can accuse someone of being aggressive if you provoke them or you throw something out there and they take the bait. I don't, I don't think that's a fair thing. Anyway, a lot more happened in that second episode that we will talk about on a future episode. But I wanted to get these few thoughts out, some things that I noticed. And hopefully we can talk again soon about episodes two and three of The Real Housewives of Atlanta season 15. Thank you for joining me. I hope that you will comment down in the comments and let me know your thoughts. Leave us a like and subscribe if you like. Have a great day, everyone, and I will talk to you soon.